Yes. Greetings. This is Pauline, also known as Sister Fabu. Welcome to season one, episode six of my podcast, Through My Looking Glass, dedicated to victims and survivors. I am your reality poet. I am an African-American woman born in Jamaica, grew up in New York, now living in Massachusetts. I am safe and in a good place. I have taken control of my life and I will not allow the past abusers to control me. If you ask me how I am doing in this moment, I am standing here, craving for change. That's me in this moment. I want to ask you, how are you doing in this moment? I hope you're safe and in a good place. Today, I'm gonna talk about listening to children. Over 20 million people in America suffer from at least one addiction, yet only 10% receive treatment. Every minute, there are about 20 people or over 10 million men and women every year are being physically abused. That means most of these people are now trapped in an abusive relationship with another person or with the addiction they are battling. Like I said before, no one asked to be a victim and no one asked to be born. Millions of people die each year from overdose, suicide, and domestic violence. Many of these are children. Our children did not ask to be here. It is our job to love them and keep them safe. We need to listen. Listen to our children. Make time for them. I will now share one of my poems. It's titled Listening Ear. I am here. I am here, my child. With my ear, I am here. You speak and I listen. Tell me of your songs, your stories, your dreams, your hopes. Tell me of your tomorrows and your yesterdays. If you wish, I will not utter, yet I will lend you my ear. 
I will listen until you say no more. I will be quiet until you say to speak. Yet, you can have my ear. Remarks I have none. I do not judge. I do not take sides. Yet, I will listen, my child. I will listen to your crying. I will listen to your screams. I will listen to your regrets, your wishes, and your swears. Child, and ever in doubt, come to me and say, lend me your ear. And remember, I do not judge. I do not take sides. And I do not criticize. So, children, sometimes children just need us to listen. They need us to listen to them. And I remember when I was young, that's all I needed at certain times. So we have to listen to our children. Millions of children grow up with trauma caused from abuse from people that should have kept them safe. Thirty-seven year old Michael is one of those people. Michael was born in Boston grew up in the South Shore. His early years were spent with his mother and sister. Michael was an adventurous teenager who did not have enough positive influence around him. He tried to find things to keep him busy like hanging out with his friends and riding dirt bikes. He tried to explain why he was doing what he was doing with his mother to his mother, but she didn't understand. She didn't, she didn't take the time to listen to him. Michael got frustrated and found it difficult to be home. He was tired of just being made to feel small by his mom. So he began to stay out, stay out later than he should sometimes. This caused even more problems between Michael and his mother. Today, Michael is here to talk about some of the trials and tribulations he went through. Good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm fine. Welcome to Through My Looking Glass. And thank you for joining joining today. Um, Michael, you said that you have been through a lot of struggles since you were young. So you want you come in here just to share your stories with us to let us um, know about some of the things you have went through and how you have progressed um, through those trials and tribulations. 
So my first question for you, Michael, is when did you first realize that you were a victim? When I was about 13. Okay, 13, that's pretty young. What, what had happened at that point? Did you try to talk to her and explain why you were doing what you were doing? Well, at that time, I, was, I, I tried to talk to her and explain to her. It was just too late, basically, because I was already committed. And the system just, you know. When you say committed, was, when you say committed, where exactly did she send you? What was, what happened? Well, they brought, well, the first, the first, the first, Did you have a father in your home? My father was, how should I say, here, there, when he chose to, or there when I went looking for him. Or he had to do a great job my mother was doing, pretty good for herself, and you know, to call and have it over. Okay, so there was no male in the house at that time? <laughs> okay, 
So he wasn't, he didn't treat you very nice either. No, it's not that he didn't treat me nice. It was just that I didn't have, I truly didn't want to get to know him as a person because I was already set my own ways. Okay. All right. So, um, you went to the, what, what place you went to, Brockton? Brockton Live. Okay. And, uh, and what was it like in there? I'm going to be honest with you, this is not, there's a lot of craziness going on there. Kids on medication, heavy medication, kids that was, you know, detained from um, foster homes that weren't in foster homes or was violent in the foster home. And they didn't have, they have another place to put them, so they were, you know, they were bouncing around in secure facilities like the DIS holding places instead of group homes where they get the schooling that they need like that. Mm -hmm. It was like a mini jail, basically. Eat your food, go to your, go to your class, get your free time, get your TV time, and go to bed. Was there any positive, did you have anyone in there that was really supportive? Well, supportive how? As far as to be positive, I know you had to follow the rules, but there was anyone in there that was encouraging? Everybody had a negative chip on their shoulder, so it wasn't, it wasn't really nothing positive. The majority of the staff members were there was just fresh out of high school, and they were just trying to get a nice job that was securing the bag that we would say now is securing their bills. Mm -hmm. That way they can elevate, and, you know, that was a state job. How long were you in there for? honest with you, from the first time we being in DYS was six months. The second time we being, being in DYS was a month. The third time we being in DYS, I would say 18 months. Okay. Being sent into Pennsylvania. So each time you come out, you go back home and then? I would go back home and my, my mother would always have an issue of me being out at my friends or some type of sort. Hmm. So it was like, going home for what? For argument? Yeah. Okay. Every time I want to turn around to be arguing. So when you went to Pennsylvania, what, what kind of program did you go to in Pennsylvania? That was my worst experience ever. I was, I'm going to be honest with you. Pennsylvania was a very traumatizing situation for me. I was so far away from home. It felt like I was rebelling from the program. They said, and I know, I know, I know when a person physically puts their hand in like a, say you got the swing, you know, you know how baseball players, you know, double up their hand before they swing the bat. Mm hmm Okay, just imagine you clumping your hands together as a knee, like a, like two fists together, closing your hands together, and a person like chopping your chest. Mm. That's the physical attention that they would do when a kid, when a, when a student, alleged a student was out of hand, oh, or a wow. student wasn't complying. Oh, wow. So, me being the only one from Boston, Massachusetts, in Pennsylvania, mm. in a school with with a good amount of 800 students from across America, legitly Australia, Germany, 
Texas, Florida, a lot of different places in, you know, in the U.S. There's okay. a couple, couple of different confidential cases coming from Switzerland. You know, oh. this, that was in detention settings, and they had some type of grants that they was able to have kids come from these different s- states, facilities, and try to turn their life around in this facility. And I'm going to be honest, that facility has been under investigation for a few years due to the fact of the assaults that was occurring on the campus of staff members with students assault not no sexual but assault wise you know touch for attention can you physically restrained and those type i've been physically restrained multiple times i've been touch for attention meaning hands on mm-hmm. multiple times in that place and when i reported it they wouldn't believe me they took it as a joke they took it as oh no he's just um He's over-exaggerating the situation, and of course the staff members is going to comply and cover up what they need to cover up due to the fact that they are out of state. And they're going to an out-of-state court case, court case. This kid's coming from an out-of-state. They kick this kid out of that state to come to our state. They really don't want them. They're not going to look into it. So a lot of this that was occurring and going on is, is right now, if you look it up, Glen Mill Schools. There's been an invest- a lot of investigations that's going on. Wow. <clears throat> so the school that I ran from, I do remember when, you know, I was in Randolph and I had been on a home. I, I was in, I went to that school from the facility of the uh, Boston Y. I went there and I, I trained to because I came on a home pass and I wasn't trying to go back because it, I felt I was being violated across the board. Touch for attention, get in trouble. They got you scrubbing urinals with your head in the urinal. You're squatting, scrubbing with your hands on the floor, scrubbing, scrubbing the shower walls and circular motion like you're like the Karate Kid. Like there's a lot of things that was going on in that school. Wow, that's yes. a lot of damaged kids they bringing out of there versus you know. If you look it up, you will see where. The backlash on that school, you'd be surprised, and it's like, I'm, I'm proud of that school, like, that school really taught me, like, maybe, I, I got PTSD, I can't be, in, I can't be around too many people for too long, because mm-hmm. I start getting anxiety, I start sweating, and I, I really, I take medicine for it to this day, I can't sleep at night, I, I have racing thoughts, mm. I'm up all night, mm. I've been traumatized from a lot of things, my mind, sounds really, like it. What was your mom saying when you told her that you were going through that at school? She really didn't believe. Okay. She didn't believe. Because she, she, she did she think that you just wanted to come home, that's all? Yeah. Exactly what it was. She thought I just wanted to come home. Oh, my she God. Didn't, she, couldn't, she couldn't understand why I was on concern for a whole year, and then the majority of the people that I was on concern for was for... The longest was three months, and everybody was off the sun within a month of being in the program. And I stayed on for 18 months, and that's when because you because I you keep saying I, no. Yeah. I just kept saying no. Mm-hmm. No, I mm-hmm. don't want to do this. No, I'm not doing this. It mm-hmm. was a situation I got put through a wall. Mm-hmm. I got put through a wall because I wouldn't like. 
They even had students sitting in students' spaces. They taught, they, they, they had it as um, concentration. So when you would have a concentration, you would get feedback. And the feedback would be a bull. They, this is the left. They had levels. A uh, pledge bowl and a bowl, an executive bowl. There's three pledges. Just like between, it was like a weird, it was, it was like a weird fraternity mm. that you trust in. The battling bowls, like everything was black and gold and bull this, bull this. I really want to say bull, bullsh, but you know, mm-hmm. <coughs> you got to be respectful. Yeah. I really want to say. Honestly, can sit there and say that school really messed up my head the wrong way. Like, I, 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 I find myself, like, I have girls. I only have little girls. So it's like I have to be sweet and, and cautious on how I talk to my kids because yeah. of my harshness of just going through what I went through. Like, nobody can only really understand. No. And when you sit there and you tell us your story, they don't believe you. Well, it sounds like you were really traumatized, Michael. And and I know it's 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 really difficult for people is, to understand. The thing that the kids is going through, like, they try to cover it up by giving them medication so they don't talk about it. Oh, wow. That's the person so strong-minded that knows, like, yeah, you can't medica- medicate me. I don't have these issues. You're trying to medicate me so to cover up. Mm-hmm. You're doing a cover-up. So I'm not able to. You're tranquilizing me now. I've seen it. Like, I was very intelligent when it comes to things like that. Yeah. So I didn't let, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go for it. Because mm. it was quick to go take and make that medical appointment and the kids walking around like a zombie for the next four or five minutes until they couldn't want to sport, a sport to work that medication back out of the system because it's just all embedded into his bones. He's still walking around like a zombie after he, you know, he's still, he's still, he still needs that medication. They get, them, they get them to the point that they want the medication, not even realizing. I, I, I'm sorry that you went through all of that, Michael. Um, I'm glad that you got out of there. Um, now, when you got out of there, what happened after when you got back home? Well, it was hard for me to get back into school because they had me down as true at the program, so once I got back into school, it was kind of too late for me to even finish and get the, the credits for school, so I kind of like, kind of like, basically dropped out in the field. So you didn't, you didn't get to finish high school? No, I did not. Okay, that's alright. You're pretty smart, as you said. Um, I'm sure you are smart. And uh, what have your life been since since you got out? Well, I had a few little ups and downs in my life through situations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, having kids, you know. You had children now. Yeah, you know, I got kids now, so it's like I kind of slowed down with all the extra. Okay. Yeah. Me being me, it's like, uh, Okay. Sometimes it's... Well, that's it's good. Sometimes it's not. Well, you know, you you have to be a role model for your children right now. So you gotta, you know, you gotta be positive. And I think one thing that you learned is that you learned that you need to listen to your children. That is very very important. 
um, and try to understand that your children have feelings and tell them it's okay for them to have feelings or feel a certain way. Uh, we just got to work through it together, you know, um, and not always look at it just to, to blame them for something, but figuring out, okay, what exactly is going on? What are you feeling? What is the reason you're doing what you do? What other choices can you make? Gotta be more intimate, more interacting with your kids. Yes, yes, that is right. Gotta, that is very important because you know there's no there's no other person should come before your children. You know, in um in that way. Now um, Michael, let me call you right back. Okay. We'll get back to Michael in a second, but right now I'm going to ask you to open up the box that you're in and look around you. The person next to you might have a child that is going through a tough time. They might be going through a tough time. We need to open up to others and give support. Glen Mill School in Pennsylvania is now under investigation for physical and sexual abuse of young men that was placed there by families that felt their children need the kind of support they could no longer provide. They were supposed to keep these children safe. A piece written by Lisa Gardner of the Philadelphia Inquirer reports, quote, to keep teens quiet, counselors and supervisors threatened the boys with longer sentences, claiming that if they went to another place, their time would restart. Other Glen Mills staffers have hidden students until their bruises disappear, unquote. One of those young men was Michael. A parent reported by, the, by visiting her son one day in 2017, she immediately knew something was wrong. Quote, his eyes were red and unfocused. He seemed dazed and had an ugly nod on the back of his head. The teenager insisted everything was fine. Unquote. Quote, don't lie to me, she said. He re reluctantly told her, quote, a Glen Mill counselor had picked him up and throw him on his head, knocking him unconscious for several minutes. Another student had to shake the teenager awake. The counselor was punishing him for mounting off. Unquote. Oh, um, I, I don't get it and I don't think I will ever get it, but that place, I really hope that something is done. There was a former counselor that was there. 
and he reported, quote, I've seen people thrown through doors like it was a movie, unquote. What I have to say about this, we need to listen to our children. Children look to us for guidance, to help them keep their sanity. Children learn from us, and if we're not there for them, they don't always gonna make the right choices. Yes, they might make the wrong choices when, even when you speak to them, but at least when you listen, they have options. Some parents are able to keep their children in a lot of activities and some cannot afford to do so, or they're too busy. That does not matter. What matter is that we are there for our children. Children should feel safe that they can trust and talk to us about anything without us, without them being judged or punished. Michael, yeah. Michael is now a father and he's doing all he can to listen to his children and be a good example to them. Now, Let's get back to Michael. So you have to make sure that you are very positive with your children and, you know, and listen to them. That is very important. Now, yes. um, how is that going, Michael? Well, you know, dealing with my children's mother is kind of up and down because, you know, we have our past, but then again, it's like I try to explain her the reasons why I go off of the way I go off of, you know. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people don't feel like you know you come off kind of too harsh. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're harsh, you're bugging. You just I had to run up the stairs. That's why I'm mm -hmm. kind of out of breath. But I know, I know one thing that I listen to my babies. Mm -hmm. everything because there's too much that's going on in society you just be overlooking what your kids are saying to you yeah now you said your your baby mother has her past you have your past do you ever find that your you as, as it sounds like your past affects your communication with your baby mother also at times it does yeah it yeah does. okay sometimes she's very judgmental mm -hmm. for the what I've done or okay. what her do, I should say. Yeah, okay. Are you trying to be very cautious to make sure you're not physical with her, Michael? I don't live with her. Okay, all right. So, Well, that, that doesn't matter if you live with her or not. People do that, no, you get know. The, we get arguing, I get to walking. Like, okay. I talk to yourself, address. There you go. <laughs> That's, <laughs> no, it's, 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 you know. Um, it's not good for none of the kids. It's like, you sitting there arguing, and it's like, who's really suffering? Mm -hmm. People that's listening, because I ain't listening to you. I'm arguing with you. I'm yeah. just saying it's hurtful shit. Yeah. <laughs> so ain't nobody paying attention? Yeah. But them kids. See, what, what, what a lot of um, victims, what happened with a lot of victims is they become 
the yes so yeah, we have to slip, we, we slip, have to slip, listen we have to listen to all the voices in our head and remember take a deep breath and remember what we've been through so we don't pass that to somebody else right. you know we don't become the abusers because that is happening so much it's not even yeah, funny you know, yeah, so like that's how they're supposed to, mm-hmm. how they're supposed to carry themselves for them out loud, you know? Right. You're not supposed to carry yourself like that. And it, it can be very difficult. That's a very, very difficult thing for, you know, um, victims to do, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. so we just have to, every day we have to just remember, just remember to take the ints, um, of what we're doing. And sometimes we have to bite our tongue, follow our fists, take count to five, and as you say, walk away. Um, when you get to that point when things escalate and you're like, okay, I need to take control now. I'm out of here. I already take control of me. Um, and yeah. You don't walk away, you're going to jail. Huh? If you don't walk away, you're going to jail. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. It, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to go to jail or you don't want to hurt the people you love either, you know. So, yes, so that's, that's good. Um, you might be able to do the time, but the kids that's got to do the time, what you can't do. That's right. That's right. And we have to remember the children also. We have to remember the children and, you know, we don't want other people to become what we have, what we have become. We want to keep them safe, you know. Um, so that sounds like some of the things that you're doing to make sure that, you stay positive, Michael. What are some of the other things you're doing to keep the negativity away and stay positive? Um, as now you're I'll a be father. With you, the negativity is like it's it's always there. It's mm-hmm. just you can't intertwine it. You got to know when to step back. You can't be the judgmental one. Judge, judge, judge. The, the one to judge. You just got to be the one. Like you know what? If you're gonna do the things, call it. But I can give you the the benefit of doubt and the, the, the positive to not. Because mm-hmm. we all know one place they always got a bed for is jail. Yes. That is true. That is true. They'll make a bed. <laughs> They'll make a spot for you. Put you in the gym. <laughs> Put you in the HSU, in the hospital. As long as you can be housed and locked in, they mm-hmm. getting their little money. Now, in regards to your mom, what is your relationship with your mom now? Me and my mother, we definitely reconciled with our relationship due to the fact that I had to just reveal and just come forward and let her know how I felt about everything. Like, I I told her, like, today I need to speak to you you know, made an appointment to really sit down on the phone and just express myself without being judged on how she might oversee it on how she did her parents. Because that's not what I'm trying to... I wanted to her to understand how I felt mm. about what I went through. Mm-hmm. It's already done. Right. You can't go backtrack and try to make amends on what's already put through the oven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, it's like, I, it's just understanding, like, sometimes I do shut down. Yes. And I do, and, and I do just not want to talk, or I do just avoid everything. And, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, 
I, it, it is important for her to understand that this is all about you now. It's not about her. She had her turn. This is you. And right. now I just got to make it better. Right. But at the same time, she need to listen and, and see what you, as you said, what you went through. You know, maybe she thought about it and, and she see those things, remember those things that what she did. And maybe it will change some of the things that she do. She will do in her life in the future. You know what I'm saying? Not has to do with you, but just common things about just the way that you don't listen to people, you know. Um, so hopefully that will help her. Um, that will help her in a way. I mean, Michael, I'm talking to you, but I know you since you were you were you were in school, okay? Right. And I remember some of the tribulations that you were going through, and yeah. I do remember when you had you were having incidents in your home, and I even went to your house one time, right. and I I. Yeah, and I remember you coming to my house. I think this was right before you went into the Y in Brockton. I remember you, you came to my house because you needed rescue. You didn't want right, to be I, at home. I didn't want to be at home because it's like I couldn't talk to the lady. I couldn't say how I felt. Like right. if I say it to somebody else to relay the message, maybe she'll see a little bit of understanding of her son. Right. Because I couldn't, because she felt... It was more of the fact that I looked like my father, and every time my mother looked at me, she just felt some type of way, like, oh, this, you know? Because as I've gotten older, I have seen it in a lot of different females in their own relationships, I, like side views of how people may look at their daughter because the daughter looks like her father, and mm -hmm. the father's not trying to, you know, assist the way it's school clothes, so she looks at them like, I'm throwing it off you, you ain't. I remember one day when your mother accused you of trying to hit her, hit her or boyfriend right, with a iron or something. Mm -hmm. and, and you came to the house and you stayed at the house for a little bit. And then she sent the police over to say. Yeah, I wasn't trying to go there because I was there for almost a week. Right. Yeah, you were at my house for almost a week, and they, they came to my house and said, I need to give you up or I'm going to be charged with kidnapping. And I was like, you got to be kidding. You know, how can you kidnap somebody from someone who don't want them there? You know, it's, it's not a matter of she wanted you there. She really didn't. She didn't uh, want me there. She wanted to have her, her cake and eat it, too, and the cake wasn't participating with me there. Yeah, yeah. So when you went into the Y in, in Brockton, I was devastated. I was like, oh, my gosh. I just, like, I couldn't get it. I just couldn't because I had four children of my own by myself, raising, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand why a parent would do that to a child. So I kind of know some of your story, what you've been through, you know, and... I am very happy that, in a way, you know, you, you, you've been through what you've been through. You stay connected, and you're here now, and you're your father right now, so you can be a better example. I'm going to say a better example than your mother was. Um, and it is also a good thing to hear that you, you are able to let her know how you, how you felt, what you were going through. And that 
you know, you and her are able to have a relationship right now. Um, yeah, that's the blessing right now. We're able to yes. talk about the things yes. that, you know, yes. we wasn't yes. able to while I was growing up because my mother was kind of not, she wasn't young, but she was still trying to do, live her life and raise kids. So it's like, mm-hmm. as I see it now, yeah, it's a hard situation to cope and deal with yep. all on your own. Yep. And you're a parent, so you know it's not easy to be a parent, but there are certain choices that you have to make right. as a parent at the same my time. My daughter gives me the ringer. I'm the broke one. Yeah. But but I'm you all you also <laughs> have to you also have to watch her real closely when she yeah. you know, to make sure that you're there for her. Every step that she takes when she needs you. You're there, and that's important. That's I'm very there important. All the way, as long as I keep, you know. Yeah. I remain the focus that I've been remaining, and just keeping the same energy around me. I'll be all right. I won't have that, you know. Yeah. So before we go, Michael, is there anything else you want to share? I would like to definitely do, you know, an update mm-hmm. sometime. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> Back up. Yeah. You know, definitely some. Hopefully, somebody can hear my words and what I've been through and can relate and really try to stop before it's too too late. Because mm-hmm. I'm be honest with you, I've been through so much. I'm just tired of going through it. I just ain't got the time anymore or the energy. Yeah. The energy is just like it was there. Now it's it's not. You miss a lot of love. A lot of love, you know, um, loving years that you should have had. Um, I missed out on a lot. Huh? I missed out on a lot. Okay. I missed out on a lot with yes. my kids. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. my kids was born just because of how my, my how I was feeling before, prior. And then when I, now that I had to, you know, after I had my kids, I got locked up for a second. Mm-hmm. You know? I did a bit with my, while I had my first two kids. I was my my second kid, Trinity. She um she was born while I was locked up. Mm. Got locked up while she my kid's mother was four months pregnant. I didn't I wasn't legitimately able to hold my daughter on the street until she was about four and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's like I went through living living situations, dealing with people. We learn every day. We learn every day, Michael. We gotta find yeah, we gotta find positivity in everything that we do. Right. You know. Um wish I wish you the best. And thank again, thank you for being um on through my looking glass. I will talk thank to you soon, Michael. All right. Okay, take care. Have a good evening. You too. We are the keepers of our children. When Michael was having a difficult time at home, he came to my house. I went to his house, spoke to his mother, and informed her that she, he was at my house. His mom said it was fine. She gave me a few of his clothes And I updated her every day as to how he was doing. 
I was surprised when the police came to my door. It did not matter that Michael was not my child. He needed support. And if that was any of my four children and they felt that there was somewhere safe that they could be rather be on the street, I would thank that person. So I feel that we have to be a good example to the children and help them so they do not become victims. I am glad Michael made it through, but he is forever scarred. Children. Children need outlets. I'm also very happy that he was able to speak to his mother to let her know what he was going through at that time and what he has been through since his teen years. How some of the decisions that was made, some that was made by her, has scarred him for life. There are too many of our young men in jail who would not be there if they had people who care about them. We need to do more. There need to be changes made in the system to better support our children. So the parents who feel that they are not able to do it, there's places that they can go and they don't have to worry if their children is going to be safe. They know their children are going to be safe. There's too many children that's becoming victims or committing suicide or heading up in jail or, you know, places where they don't belong. I will now share another one of my poems. This one is titled, Damn You System. Damn you system. Damn you world, you have no pity for the innocent child. This world is unjust where it should be just. A child suffers when he should be loved. Has the system gone wrong? Or was it ever right where a child is handled like an animal fighting for its life? Damn you, system. Where is it written that you have no rights if you're a child. Do they not have tongue wish to speak? Do they not have the right to be heard? Our system. Condemn them, persecute them, brutalize them. Damn you system. I have heard 
Yes, I have heard the most precious thing is to bring a new child into this world. Until you no longer want him. How beautiful, how sweet, how cute turn into. You're no good. You're dumb. You're stupid. You'll never turn out to be anything. Get out of my face. Damn your system. How can one not love a child as precious as these? To watch them grow from a bud to a flower, all different, yet all precious in God's eyes. Hello, world. Hello, system. Haven't you heard? These children, they are our future. Damn your system. Children are our future. They are going to decide the laws that govern this country, this world, when they grow up. So let's try to keep them safe. For all of us who have said no and is taking control, it's a great accomplishment. More power to us. And Michael is one. For the many who are still victims, I pray for you every day. As we travel each day, we have to be aware of our surroundings. We need to look for signs and realize that if it does not feel or sound right, it is not. We have to love ourselves. I hope you are safe. But if you are not and you need help, please free free, feel free to call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. Elderly Abuse Hotline. Number is 866-363-4279. National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Please make sure the children have this one. It is 1-800-272-272. 8255 or text 741-741. If you need to go into a detox, call 1-888-931-2843. Sometimes you can show up at the police station, tell them you want to go into detox, and they will call someone to pick you up. Just find a place to get help. 
Another alternative is the hospital, the emergency room. If you have a family member or a friend going through a tough time, support them. They need you more than you can imagine. And as we reach the end of this episode, I am asking, how are you doing in this moment? If you ask how I am doing in this moment, I am sitting on a rock, just waiting, just looking out on clear, clear blue water, trying to clear my mind. Please listen, share, and feel your how are you. I hope you enjoyed listening to children. I am Pauline, also known as Sister Fabu. Thank you for listening to another episode of Through My Looking Glass. Until next time.